0: Guesstimation question. Yes. How many Philips are registered for AOM 2023? It's an amazing question. <laughs> um, 350. Three. Okay. Good. That's logged. Um, good to know. Um, of, that. of course, there's only one Alexander registered. Um, so, as, as is tradition right now, we are today at the AOM Annual Meeting 2023 in Boston, mm-hmm. and with me today is um, Philip. Yep, and that's it, (laughs) Philip and me, Philip and Alexander. And today we thought we'd wanna talk a little bit about how conferences have changed for us because we tend to do this at these conference um, at these at these conference recordings and towards the end uh, you can also skip to that if you don't want to hear us talk there'll be a little bit of input from people that actually know what they're talking about um, so we've got a few snippets from Imke Reimers from Gordon Birch, and from Frank Nagel who will share their impressions on what they think that uh, juniors can do in conferences but um, now the most important input Philip <laughs> most important question yes what still tends to grind your gears what you still not like about conferences
1: acs actually yes. it's crazy how cold these rooms are yeah i'm having a cold and it's getting worse so <laughs> I, i'm i'm sorry for my um talking my nasal talking um what um what's bad about conferences i I, I think it's it's very hard to have good conversations that are really topic focused or to find new people who are interested in what you do because this conference is so broad that i sometimes struggle to find like really interesting conversations it's more sharing that's what i do that's what you do rather than yeah we both work on the same topic let's discuss this and in depth um i think this uh just a a nature of this conference because it's, it's just the largest in the field with, I think, 10,000 people or something like that? I must be something like that. I think, yeah. I think that,
0: that, that is the numbers, at least before, before the whole pandemic that happened. Uh, yeah, That's a good point. Um, I think similar to, to yours is, um, so you get the suggestion to talk to seniors a lot, right? Yep. But I think it's extremely frustrating to try and talk to seniors at conferences yep. because they are open to talk to you, but they're open to talk to everybody. And yeah, I've um, I have had some extremely rude um, situations where I'm in. Is that the case? At least in my in my um, I've had a few cases where I'm talking to someone yeah. that I've been wanting to talk to for a while, yeah. and I finally get a hold of them. Yeah, and, and someone get, like, jumps t- in. Yeah, like <laughs> not even not even like saying, hey, uh, yeah, no, just like literally walk in. Say, oh, <laughs> just hey. moving in front of you yeah. slowly. <laughs> like literally just like in the middle of what I'm saying, like, yeah. I'm sorry. Hey, it's so nice yeah. meeting you. And yeah. then of course, as a senior, you're not going to say, sorry, Mr. Colleague that I know yeah. better than this guy. Yeah. I'm talking. To, no, of course yeah. they engage with that person then.
1: yeah,
0: And I've had situations where I'm like, literally removed
1: from the conversation yeah. and that's it, and <laughs> the starts, it yeah. we'll catch up later yeah and it's that's been, what i find but frustrating. Uh, like what's your level of reaching out to seniors Be, because i do talk to them when i talk to them in a the pdw or mm-hmm. when i had a conversation at a doctoral consortium or something like that or i know that someone i am working with works with them but it's i rarely approach someone where i don't even have a like let's say leverageable connection
0: i can't do that either um it has to be someone that I know what they're doing. yeah, uh, okay. And they've got like a clear kind <coughs> yeah. of entry point. I try, well, I think we mentioned that before as well, is I try when there's someone I really want to talk to, to really yeah. arrange to talk to them somewhere. Yeah. Like when I need half an hour, there's no way you talk to someone half an hour. It's like a five minute thing at best. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of my approach to it. Um, so, but these these spontaneous conversations yeah, with yeah. someone where you think, for, at least in my, They don't work as expected. If you know that, for example, someone that you need to talk to, an editor, is at a, I don't know, at some event that you'll be at and you're going going to talk to this person, that tends to work out poorly. You can get maybe two sentences in. And if you're great, they may say, let's go and chat somewhere else. But at least at my stage, that
1: doesn't tend to happen. Yeah. And um, for me, this conference is more reaching out or talking to people I already know, had yeah. a conversation with. I, I bumped into a few people I talked to, and it's nice to exchange again. So it's, it's relationship building. But for me, it's hard to establish new ones. What helped a little bit were the receptions or the, the job talks where job people talks, were, yeah. were, were forced to talk to me. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I had a, one very interesting conversation with the senior. Uh,
0: yeah. There. I think that, but that's, for me in receptions are really like a lucky thing. Like, I, d- I don't know, to go into receptions with the goal of actually networking with people has never worked for me personally. Yeah. It's always been like lucky coincidences. Yeah. I'm at a reception, I have a beer in my hand, I'm standing somewhere, maybe someone pulls me in, or it's just like kind of standing next to somebody. But for me, because they're so loud and rowdy and a lot of people and they're like among friends. Yeah. I find it hard to then use a reception to say, okay, I'm going
1: to take my shot. This, this I think for receptions but the receptions are great to talk to PhD students at other schools that you're yeah. generally interested in or people who are just became assistant professors and they can share a little bit of, of how it is for them or some requirements that are usually not accessible for tenure tracks and stuff like that so for, for these kinds of information I think it's very valuable the receptions at least seniors I rarely say, see seniors at receptions and if they're there they're already drunk and with their yeah. friends and yes. this is not when I want to pitch my job market paper not, not because it's it might be the wrong time but I think it's so annoying I would I, hate it if I would be in their shoes and I don't want to be a person that's hated for that. <laughs> Maybe the the 25th PhD student in their first year that's pitched yeah. pitch their idea. Yeah. And, Rumbling you know, like yeah. my job market name. I want <laughs> to
0: study generative AI for yes. this great idea like okay cool mm-hmm. oh, perfect. Um, So in that direction then what what aspects of conferences have gotten more important over time yeah. for you?
1: I think the, the contrast is quite crass for us because the COVID was in between, right? Oh, yeah. And we got to know many people through online conferences, consortia or research days and so on and so forth. And what, what really drastically changed for me is that I just go around and greet people, right? They have a lot yep. of conversations, just bumping into people, Absolutely. catching up again, and also meeting friends in a way, like uh, how important they are as co-authors or potential, I don't know, recommendation letter writers, I don't know, but uh, it's just fun to see them again. And this changed a lot, yeah.
0: Exactly the same, um, I think. And it, it it can be, I think it can not be overstated how, how useful it could be to just, without an agenda, to meet up with, wouldn't call them friends, but at least colleagues. Yeah, this is a colleagues. Great, is great. Yeah, this yeah. is a great situation. And to turn colleagues into friends, like there's people I, I only see at conferences. Um, and then often through them, you may get into, like, usually you get into a larger group. Mm-hmm. And then within that group, you know, there's probably a person that works at a place that you might want to work at. Yeah. Um, so also for me, this has got much more important is less the events, less the talks less the topics. It's really more the social aspect yeah. um of of hanging out with important thing, I think different people than you would at home. Yeah. Like I do I don't avoid the my my home colleagues. I avoid you actually yes I know I mean you obviously uh this is, uh, <laughs> this, is this is the first, first time, time that we're we speak. <laughs> it does not not weird yeah, it's not even weird. <laughs> that's not even awesome um but but uh, <laughs> I do try when when I get the chance to spend time with people I can spend time in, in Vienna I do prioritize yeah. that um, and also mm, this is something I did this time is less less like topic focused going to listen to people mm-hmm. but I had like two or three events where you had to submit something yeah early. I did the
1: same yeah. the PDWs yeah. right yeah. With the round and then you have roundtables so. mm-hmm.
0: that. I'm, I've, I've went to very little sessions and, and events, but the ones I went, did go to, I tried to have them where I actually had like a one-to-one input. Yeah. And for me personally, this has gotten more important. And I think that's only, that only makes sense because as you move on, you've actually got pro- projects you're working on that are in different stages. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes less about Ooh, what's happening out there. Yeah. That's still to a degree, but it also then becomes... A great place to actually get input yeah that you can use versus on your project not just yeah. like okay what's happening in ai yeah. what's happening in organizational behavior what's happening in open innovation mm. um yeah um then one what was what what's has gotten less relevant than i mean I think we, we guess we've touched upon that is this. for me it's been the 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 broad topic um, yeah. kind of
1: sessions. Yeah, I think what's more interesting to me are the meetings that are revolving around a specific literature stream where many people talk about what's interesting to them currently, what Mm. drives them or how they perceive this theoretical threat in comparison to others and so on and so forth because I think this gives a better feeling of where the field might be moving. Mm -hmm. What's really not too interesting to me are the paper presentations. I'm really sorry to all my colleagues, but uh, yeah, it's just uh, usually too random if you have a specific Paper that you want to see or someone to reach out to go there, or at least for me, I I would go there, but I think I haven't seen a paper presentation yet. Um.
0: And that points to my next question because for me, the question next would be what if you treat different conferences differently? And this is exactly this. I think the main point for me is sometimes it's not paper presentations in total that are becoming less relevant, it's paper presentations on conferences like this. True. Fully, fully. Like there's other conferences, smaller conference, like one-track conferences, like one track conferences where it's like all about the paper presentations. Yeah. You're there to listen to really selectively um, chosen papers with discussants yeah. where you then engage on the papers, but not even the size. Like it's not necessarily because there's 10,000 people, but there's also smaller conferences. Like I'm going to pick on OUI again yeah. where <laughs> where it's like there's just because it's multi-track. Yeah and 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 you want a lot of people submitting and so you have a heterogeneous you know research paper there the research paper tracks are like you do your presentation mm. it's nearly just like the the ticket to enter the conference yeah. but it's yeah you don't get great feedback you yeah it's it's it really depends so if you're in a in a, in a very specialized one track mm. conference then the paper presentations are the thing I'm there for, but in things where it's like this mix of topic discussions, editor meetings, uh, um, socials, all that stuff, like the paper presentations really go down the, the, the hierarchy. Yeah. Is it similar for you with like different kinds of conferences?
1: Yeah, I fully agree with that. And I think the problem with this conference is that usually full papers are presented, right? So mm. either it's a, the first version of a full paper or it's already submitted in a plus journal, and you don't know beforehand, right? So mm. the variance in quality and stage is quite different. But everyone treats it as if it would be in the letter, right? That yeah. this is always done already done. So critique is not really welcomed in a way. Mm. It's more like just give me a tick and let yeah. me move on. And um, there's another conference for us: the strategic management society annual meeting where they actually call for proposals these are advanced as well right Mm -hmm. some of them are submitted as well true but um they are a little bit earlier stage and people have more of a feeling of we're here to challenge each other and we're here to to develop these papers a little bit more and there the discussions are just different here i feel it's more this is my stuff please don't ask critical questions and then go on to the next yeah
0: that's true yeah you get and 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 it given that there's so many sessions here as well as you might as well be, you know, you might be in a room where it's just you and the presenters. Yeah. Um, and that's like really, yeah, effective.
1: that's, I mean, come on. it just, yeah, yeah.
0: it just sucks. Yeah. So if you go in with too many expectations on your own stuff as well. Um, so yeah, so it's, it depends not just where I go to, but also how you treat your own presentation has mm-hmm. like different levels. Um, and so like looking ahead then, assuming that uh, we'll will still continue beyond our, our PhD, how do you think conferences will like will your priorities shift further or will you will other things become more relevant
1: going forward? I think what I kind of look forward to is more community crafting actively, right? So mm-hmm. I think it's cool to organize PAWs to create a community around the topic that you're in uh, and bet yourself more there. I think the next step would be that we would start yeah. to organize events, right? I would, I'm looking forward to that. I think this this is fun and I think this is important. And um, helping junior scholars or uh, as I said, developing your own topic a little bit more by, by creating your own events, uh, I think this will change. And this trajectory of meeting colleagues, friends, and so on and so forth, will become more and more important, right? I met a few people, I saw them on the streets. I've never saw them in any uh, session that I know is relevant to them. They're not yeah. here for that, right? They, yeah. they meet their friends and when you're fast enough, you might be able to say hi, but they have their dinner tables or and this is what they're here for. And I think for us, it might become the same, right?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Like actually not just passively consuming what is being advertised as your community, but actually actively crafting, you know, your own little part in this, yeah. community. And maybe even having an influence on in where it's moving and what yeah. becomes relevant. That'll, it's, for me, it's not something I'm looking forward to because I'm, I think I'm less couched in a very clear community yet. So mm-hmm. it's I'm still kind of like, hmm, I don't know what I'll ever be, you know, can't even imagine what I'd be organizing. But I think that over time, just by default. Yeah. At some point you'll feel like, hey, there's two, I mean, I'd like more people to talk about this or I'd like to figure out how many people, you know, I could craft a community around this topic or approach or whatever. Yeah, so.
1: I, I wouldn't un- underestimate these events that are more general, on more general topics, for example, managing your dissertation or okay. a junior scholar in Tim, or for example, yeah. technology innovation management. Something yeah. like that. If you say I'm not, um, embedded deeply in this theory but rather I, I want to help the community and I think it, this gives great visibility right if all sure. the PhDs of one one cohort know you as the guy who organized it helps you in the long run as well and I think this is another way to go
0: I also think what will happen is also the so now we're in this middle at first it was like oh i need to talk to seniors to you know validate my idea or see if it's cool now we're in this kind of like yeah i mean a little bit of you know senior chit chat co-author chit chat colleague chit chat i'm i think it'll become more relevant to actually getting conversations with editors Mm -hmm. then like this will be it'll then jump again i feel like when you're not just having your one project but you have multiple projects in different stages um, and maybe even under review to really, once again, make a shift more to strategic meetings and yeah. try to actively engage people that are have decision power at, at journals and talk to them. Yeah, That's one thing I can also see happening. Yeah. It becomes more salient, more important. Um, to to really have a chat
1: beforehand before you decide to submit yeah. something. Once you realize that that's so important. And I I, I, can't, I want to stress this a little bit more because learnings derived from the process of submitting reviewing from the author perspective It's very valuable. But the other other perspective of what is an editor looking for yeah. is really really helpful and needs to be learned as well, right? In conversations with them and it cannot be bridged just by submitting and trying to figure that out, but rather listening to them having conversation with. Do they want to move the um, the journal? What, as I said, what are yeah. they actually looking for? Um, so I would, I would, that's something that I just learned, like in the last year, that this is important. I thought it can just be learned by submitting.
0: Yeah, I thought it's yeah, it's totally. Like you just what is it? You submit something, yeah. and if it's good, it'll get through. But no, actually, yeah. like it's good. It's not an objective metric. It it depends on who's the editor and what they think yeah. and what they think is important. And for good journals, it's only. Fair that you say. Well, honestly, our bar, like our entry requirement, our consideration requirement, is mm. great. Yeah. So that's just like table stakes. Yeah. Then you need to figure out. Okay, is this something? Is this a topic that's or, or a methodology or a theory? You know, where there is a spark of interest, or mm. is it more like mm, oh, this is you know, yeah. as as is, as me as a senior editor, you know, I'm looking more for yeah in that direction. Or I think all these. This is a learning that, that that I think will become more and
1: more relevant to figure out and, where to best And practice. also being able to tailor papers towards action editors right yeah. that you know I kind of want to target him or her yeah. I think they would like that and also making that clear yeah. when you write the many many journals are open to that right to suggest an, an action editor uh,
0: Yeah I, that's I think I mean I only know journals where you have to actually
1: choose your editors Okay Yeah. It's, um, it's, I, I, think, yeah I think you can in many of ours but it's okay. not necessary.
0: I don't yeah, I've done a huge experience, but the ones that I looked at, it's very much kind of choose okay. your editorial team. Um and then it's weird as
1: well, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> it's your job. Your, tell us your friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, tell us your friends. Yeah, yeah, who do you know?
0: <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of weird. Um it's kind of not blind anyway, Yeah, So no. but that's the that's the, the whole thing. But I mean, um yeah, any any last uh, uh part how's 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 it been? How's What's the annual? Uh, the the annual review.
1: Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Actually, okay. to be frank, I really enjoyed it. It's, it's interesting to be semi in the job market. I got the question whether I'm uh, only targeting European schools, and yeah. I said yes. And someone said, Ah, okay. Yeah, that's a different context. I don't know. So I don't feel like i having the full job market perspective because the, the American job market or the people that are on the, on the American job market thing for them, this, this conference is even more important. Like I had a Probably few yeah. interviews, but it's not even, they are, I, I don't know how they call it. I think non-mandatory interviews or something like that. Yeah. So it's not even an official step. It's just a, it's just saying hi. So yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. I've heard, I
0: mean, it's, it's super, I think it, from the job market perspective, um, what I heard, and that's just anecdotal stuff and a super heterogeneous from uni to uni, but it's nearly like, I heard people tell me getting an AOM interview for certain universities isn't even that great of a signal. It's Oh, like, interesting. It's like... They want to
1: figure out if they really don't want to invite you.
0: Like, <laughs> what I... And I don't know if this yeah. was just like some, some cynical comment yeah, by somebody. that doesn't. <laughs> but, but, but what I heard is like, AOM interviews for some can be the pile of people that... Lie between definitely not yeah and probably not. not. <laughs> and then it's like this, okay, let's, you know, they're not definitely not, but yeah. they're actually an, probably not. So yeah. we we'll invite them to an AM interview yeah. versus the ones which is like probably yes. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, invite, do a proper application kind yeah. of situation. And I
1: mean, flyouts are costly and maybe yeah. people are co authors with people that are known and so on. yeah so
0: But um, I think that's super. It depends. It's probably from university to your university, they take a different Perspective job market: How frothy is it? How many applications yeah. are there? I can see an AOM being super important in a situation where you where the there's less demand, and then really really um, important if there's if there's or, or not at all de- um, important when there's like a ton of jobs. Yeah, uh, other way around when there's very little jobs yeah. and a lot of. Uh, I, th- to,
1: I think uh, of labor. why they can still be worthwhile is that you get more information about what it's they great. look for, right? So I had one conversation. It was uh, the reception. A candidate reception and Mm -hmm. they made clear that they're looking for this kind of teaching right so you can craft the the, um uh, your application more in the direction i have experience in that field i can teach this kind of topic so for that it's quite it's quite helpful because this is unknown before right they don't write that in that's true
0: Uh, (laughs) our episode today has a sponsor and this this um, sponsor is pickup trucks um doesn't really matter it's pickup trucks in the city in particular and for it's just a very simple question but possibly can justify that 30% of boston population needs a vehicle that is meant to transport dead cows across texas i just don't understand why there's so many why there's so many here and and I just don't it's like how how small must your ego be that you just feel the need to be responsible for a three times a increase in, in deaths of, of infants <laughs> just so you can I don't know transport your your shopping a little bit easier. Um, there's so many here I can't it's just like it's crazy. I've they're never so s-
1: fucking big. it's enormous.
0: If you've never been to the US and you only think like if you've only seen pickup trucks in TV they're three times the size It's <laughs> yes. stupid Like yes. the, some of them the the, the, the what's the bonnet? it gets your head yes that's the kind of size and then there's just like people driving around the city in them um, here. the blind so, spot is a football field yeah <laughs> you can just completely mow over a group of school children and you wouldn't even you, you wouldn't, wouldn't even, feel even notice. <laughs> You'd be, you'd be just smooth cruising, um, which basically just means if I ever can afford one, I'll definitely get one. Um, so, yes, this episode has been brought to you by pickup trucks in the city, yes. uh, especially in Boston. Great. And in conclusion, we're all, or you're very excited to hear how many Philips are registered at AOM. Yes. That um, was a little bit too much. That was a little bit too much. And I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to trust the AOM app when I filter you, for Philips. Did you,
1: did you look for every uh, possible... Permutation of the word of the name. No, written? I chose your spelling. <laughs> okay, okay, okay,
0: interesting. Okay, okay revise then, your revise your estimate. Yeah, your it's maybe
1: eight because this is a eight. very German version of okay. spelling it. Okay, so if it, uh, no, then then you're
0: closer. It's sixteen. Sixteen. 16. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and that's really first name Phillips. So yeah. there was like
2: James Philip yeah, or yeah. something like,
0: or yeah, okay. or with an S at the end yeah. that was included. So there's all in all there's sixteen Phillips and twenty three Alexanders um, registered okay. at the AOM and with
1: that none of um, them the grade
0: uh, no, there's only one great one <laughs> um, and with that before um, you, you log off um, yes. we well, I'll go through the credits and then after this there'll be a short section where you'll get actual useful input from other senior <laughs> well-informed individuals from once again Frank Nagel Gordon Birch and from Imke Reimers who were gracious enough to take part in our little podcast again but um, on closing words um we what, what do we see i don't know my script um this has been produced
1: uh, prison break um, uh, prison break <laughs> this has been produced by me Thank alexander you to the BU team. yeah for uh, the followers on linkedin instagram and uh tiktok and twitter uh peace twitter is it still oh I, it's still happening I, I deleted the app now
0: oh oh, sorry oh yeah follow us on X uh, or whatever whatever you do on X now Um, and uh, of course please please uh, if you want to um, have us continue doing what we're doing leave us a review wherever you want Optimally Apple Podcast and ask for a (laughs) (laughs) and um, if you see us at the conference or somewhere else um, say hi And yes, that's all from my side and all from Philip's side. And we'll be handing over to people that actually know what they're talking about. Bye-bye. Ciao, ciao. Thanks very much for agreeing to be part of a little um, podcast family. Um, So first of all, why don't you briefly introduce yourself?
2: Uh, Yeah, sure. I'm uh, Imke Reimers. I'm, uh, as of a few weeks ago, an associate professor of uh, economics and strategy at Cornell University. And... Yeah, I work on, I'm an economist mostly working on digital markets.
3: Uh, I'm Frank Nagel. I'm an assistant professor at Harvard Business School in the strategy unit. And it's great to be here again.
4: I'm Gord Birch. I'm an associate professor at the Questrom School of Business at Boston University. I'm the Kelly Questrom Associate Professor in Management there.
0: Thanks very much. I'll get straight to it. And the question burning on our listeners' minds, of course, is, what are some of the key mistakes you see junior scholars or grad students make when it comes to academic conferences in general, attendance or the perspective they have on it?
2: Uh, so actually, I see a, I see a lot of uh, junior people uh, coming to conferences, and I think that's great, right? And I think I mean maybe one one thing that I would advise people not to do is talk a lot amongst yourselves, but rather just you know feel you know feel free to come up to talk to slightly more senior people. Uh, one thing that I, like that that sometimes, you know, that I sometimes see people do is like they, they, they just go to the senior people and like just go ahead and say, oh, let me tell you about all of my amazing work or something. Uh, <laughs> I've never done that. I've rather just, I happen to sit at a table with senior people and you know when they've asked me about my research I would tell them something about it but I was never very forthright and I or you know forthcoming with it and I think I think that might have worked well but it's a really like it's a mm-hmm. very fine line to walk.
0: Okay, so like the opposite of what I did today.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, this is great, because we actually didn't barely talked about your work. So that was wonderful.
3: (laughs) Uh, So, you know, I think I think it's always a learning process. And you learn how to conference better as you have more experience. But certainly, you know, thinking about the way you're balancing your time between actually attending presentations, and which is important, and to learn what people are working on, and hopefully see good examples of good research, Uh, but also spending time, you know, talking with, Folks, and that can be friends uh, or or people that you know, maybe reviewers or editors down the line, um, or if you're on the job market, certainly potential employers. Uh, and I think one of the things that you know folks uh, uh, mis- misunderstand is that like. Usually, most faculty like talking to to doctoral students, and you know the, the the luminaries in the field may be very busy and may be harder to talk to them. But certainly, um, you know the the younger younger professors and the less well established folks are usually more than happy to to talk to doctoral students and learn about what they're working on and and you know offer offer help when they can. Right. So it's a it's a small world, and and you know it's good to get to know people.
4: I think the first thing I would say is a relatively obvious point that you should submit and participate in conferences. I know that sounds a little obvious, but the reality is uh, as an editor at journals, I often encounter papers where I get the clear sense the paper has never been presented somewhere before.
0: Okay.
4: When you're junior, the easiest way to get an opportunity to present is conferences. Uh, it's harder to get invites, right, for seminars. So number one is make sure you do that before you send a paper to get iron out obvious kinks and things like that. And part of that leads to my second point. When you are attending a conference, don't just present and then walk away. Make a point of connecting with people in the room, especially senior scholars. Uh, You get a lot of useful things from that. So one is they get to know who you are, obviously. So the network piece. Um, The second thing is you can get a better sense from a one-on-one conversation than you can from uh, an open response in the room, somebody putting their hand up. People often are more comfortable sharing their true thoughts in a a confined space with a few people around or even just the two of you, right? So you'll get more honest feedback that way. You'll get more attention from them. They'll be more thoughtful in the things they tell you in terms of how to take a paper forward. Um, And obviously you build better relationships with people in in small settings. So um, yeah, I would really encourage junior scholars uh, following a presentation track down the person in the room that raised their hand, and also the one that was paying attention but didn't raise their hands. A nice thing about being junior is that you have a very open uh, invitation to talk to very senior people because most senior people are pretty pro-social, they wanna help students develop and become good scholars. It's a bit different than talking to another faculty member who's already very successful and maybe you don't like them Mm -hmm. or something, right? Most people will be receptive to talking to a junior person. So you should really take advantage of it.
0: Do you, so about the approaching part, because that's what's interesting. Is it, in your opinion, something that has to be prepared beforehand? Or would you be willing to talk to someone that just shows up after presentation and talks to you?
4: I don't think it's anything you can really strategize too much. Mm -hmm. I think you should be comfortable kind of approaching someone, thanking them for coming to your talk, getting a quick reaction, maybe mm. they won't have a quick reaction okay. because they may want to be more thoughtful in what they say, yeah. but maybe they'll offer, you know, you can communicate with them as a follow-up to get more thoughts from them.
0: <laughs> okay, great advice. Uh, I think something that we might have touched upon in the past as well, so it's great to hear that um, confirmed as well. And then another brief one would just be out of interest is, like, what are some of the some of the things you had to learn the hard way as a grad student, if you still... Um, yeah. If you have not repressed those memories already,
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember nothing that was hard. Uh, no, I think. I mean, what I struggled the most with as a grad student was really just like taking the plunge, right? Actually deciding, okay, I'm I'm just gonna try to work on this. I think I just kind of dabbled in the you know in the waiting pool for a good year or so, and I like my advisor kept saying, you know, and you you still refuse to work on a model and I was like yeah I I refuse to work on a model because I don't know how to do them and like I just had no idea what to do and uh so I think that was something where like eventually when I finally decided okay wait now let me just do something that actually moves me forward rather than just you know dabbling and staying busy uh that was really useful um but I'm not sure that I was really learning it the hard way. It was just taking a long time to finally understand that I had to do, like that I actually had to do something.
0: No, oh, that's great. Yeah. I mean, it at least resonates with, with us as well, which have spent, I think, all of us collectively way too many years yeah. in the beginning not getting the thing done. So, yeah, th- yeah. thanks so much for these yeah. great tidbits. And uh, thank you very much for, for taking the time.
2: Yeah, no, thanks for doing this. Cool.
3: Sure. So, I, I think this actually. S- builds on that first question and one of the things that I did not understand as a grad student but only learned through going through the process of, of publishing papers um, but don't think of of editors as kind of you know uh, uh, the only way you can communicate with them is kind of the formal submission and the formal cover letter and the formal response document uh, editors often are, are more than willing to, to at least email a little bit if you have confusion about you know some RNR or something or what the feedback was or how best to Deal with it. Um, you know, think of it more as a, a conversation as opposed to a very formal. You know, you're only allowed to communicate with the editor through the formal kind of channels, right? And so I think that's something that I definitely did not understand as a grad student, but it has become clearer. Um, you know, as I've gone through the review process many times, is that you know editors are, are happy to most of them. Again, you know, everybody's different, but um, happy to chat and help you better understand what you know the reviewers are asking you to do and, and to help you out. To to you know, get things through the pipeline and actually get them published?
4: Um, be careful how you phrase your responses to people's questions. Um, <laughs> things can get lost in translation. Uh, I personally have had experiences where I thought my presentation went quite well and the presentation piece may have, but yeah. the way I handled questions afterwards, I got indirect feedback from other faculty when I was a PhD student yeah. that maybe I was a little too curt in my response Okay, and people have, personalities. They get offended. I didn't mean anything by it. I actually had to run to the airport in that particular instance and I was late. So I had a good reason for it, but they didn't know that. And so just be attentive to social considerations. So just be thoughtful that this person's going to have an impression they form based on what you say. Uh, and so try to be you know, courteous, even if you're in a rush.
0: Okay. So the, thank you for your great question. Great comment. Thanks so much. Is uh, great adage,
4: actually. Even if you don't believe it, you should generally always try to say it because it's usually coming from a good place. Uh, it's constructive when people make comments.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks for your time. And yeah, thanks so much for, for participating.
4: Yeah, you're welcome. Happy to.
0: Okay, that's has I'm going in LA with irgendeiner irgendeine Krankheit. Oh, yeah, nice. In LA? Ja, wir fliegen dann nachher. Achso, du, okay, ja. Ich, ich halte ein noch. bisschen Abstand. Also ich mach, so ich muss noch auf dem Writer-Strike mit, äh, mit Maschinen. Ja, ja,
1: genau. Die haben mich angerufen, dass du jetzt genau. die Sachen übernimmst. Ich so, ich ja. hast, hast du nicht die letzte Staffel von Game of Thrones geschrieben? <lacht> 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 ja. ja, circa so könnte man mein äh,
0: Working Paper, mein Job Market Paper, ja, weil ich ja, letzte, letzte Staffel staffel okay. von Game of Thrones. <lacht> Deswegen habe ich jetzt einen Postdoc. <lacht>